Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for what he's doing here at New Harvest Church. We just welcome all those that are watching us online or those that are listening to us on the radio. We're glad that you're part of our family. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being here today as well. Hallelujah. I believe this is a good day. This is a powerful day. This is a mighty day. This is a devil-defeating day. I'm going to find another amen somewhere. I brought my own, but I don't want to pay for them yet. This is a good day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. The Bible says, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice no matter what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like. I believe the report of the Lord. Amen. So we're glad that you're here today. We just welcome you. Thank God for what he's doing. There's so many good things that are happening at New Harvest Church. Just encourage you to uh, pay attention to your bulletin, pay attention to what's going on with our announcements and things like that. At the end of the service, we're going to give you another opportunity, if you weren't here last week, to sign up uh, for the ministries that we have going on here. That'll be announced at the end of the service as well, just to uh, bring a little bit more clarity to that. We need everybody involved. Hallelujah. This, uh, it's time for the church to come alive. We've been asleep all year. We've been quarantined for a year. It's time to come out of quarantine. Amen. It's time to get back in the game. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning. I'm working on a couple things here. Uh, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, uh, strategically I've been preaching in a particular direction because of what I hear God saying to us. And uh, I think I, I tried to qualify it last week. Uh, we're in the middle of contending for things in our land, and this is no time for the church to be silent. We're in the middle, and I'm not just talking about an election time. I'm just talking about the church coming alive. We just sung about it a while ago that the church needs to come alive in the midst of the earth so that we can overthrow principalities and powers so that strongholds that have been entrenched in regions and cities and territories that have long-standing presence can be uprooted and overthrown in Jesus' name. And you're not going to do that with governments. You're not going to do that with a better police force. You're going to do that through the church who has the power and authority to evict powers. That's why the church has to come alive. Amen. So we're, we're working on something here. Uh, if you hadn't been here the last couple of weeks, just try to catch up the best you can. You can go online and watch our mess messages there uh, because I'm not taking a whole lot of ground to cover ground that's already been talked about. We're, we're moving forward in everything that God has for us. But go with me to Ezekiel 22. Ezekiel 22. I want to try to pick up a little bit where I left off last week. Ezekiel 22, verse number 23 is where we're going to begin this morning. When you found it, shout, I got it. Is it on the board for you up there? Is it on the screen? Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 22, 23 says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, You are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. And there is a conspiracy of her prophets in her midst, like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured the lives, and they have taken treasure and precious things 
and they have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my word or to my law, and they have profaned my holy things, and they have made no distinction between the holy and the profane. The word profane literally means the secular. They, 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 they've made no distinction between what is holy and what is secular. And they have not taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they hide their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. Her princes within her, same word for governments or people of authority, within her are like wolves tearing the prey by shedding blood and destroying lives in order to get dishonest gain. Her prophets had smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord has not spoken. And the people of the land have practiced oppression and committed robbery, and they have wronged the poor and the needy, and they have oppressed the sojourner without justice. Verse number 30. And I searched for a man or a woman or a child, or a teenager. I'm looking for somebody. I search for somebody, a man, a woman, a boy, a child, girl, whatever. I search for them among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. Notice in Ezekiel's day, God is looking for somebody to get in the gap. Somebody to stand between heaven and earth and say, God, will you do it one more time in the earth? Will you pour out your spirit one more time in the earth? And, and just to give you a little context here, just a little background, Jerusalem at this particular time was known as a bloody city. And the sins of the city was at an all-time high. Social injustice was rampant and idolatry was at an all-time high. And God was looking for somebody to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. God wanted to do something in the land, but he's got to have somebody to do it through. So he said, I need somebody to stand in the gap. Now look with me, and this I just want to use this very familiar passage of Scripture, 2 Chronicles. This is very familiar passage. It just ties in to where I'm trying to get to today. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14. It says, and my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. For now I, now I have chosen and, and consecrated this house, that my name may be there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. This is what I heard the Lord say. This is our third message on taking the territory or take the territory. But I heard something last week in my prayer time. God spoke to me out of these two passages of scriptures, and he spoke to me two words in, in a sentence form. Get in the gap, and I'll turn it. If somebody can get in the gap, God will turn it. No matter what it is in your life, if you'll just get in the gap, God will turn it and make it right. 
He said, I, he said, he said, I looked for somebody. Ezekiel said, the Lord looked for somebody to get in the gap. And if somebody would get in the gap, Chronicle says that God will hear our prayer. He will answer our prayer. He will forgive us of our sins, and he will turn it and heal the land. I don't know about you, but I, I don't come here with any bad news. I believe there is a healing agent that's available to touch our land today. Push on somebody and tell them, get in the gap, get in the gap. Come on, look alive. Tell them, get in the gap, because God's going to turn it. God's going to turn it. God's going to turn it. God is going to turn it. If we will turn, he will turn. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this morning for what you're going to do. Lord, I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you there's none like you. There's none above you. Lord, I pray now for the next few moments as we gravitate and meet over the word of God today. Lord, I pray today for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher. You're the educator. You're the revelator. Holy Spirit, today we thank you. Give us Give us the ability to retain. Help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. Lord, we rely on you more than we rely on anything else. Lord, we need your help in this hour. We need your help in our land. So, Father, I thank you today for people to receive and respond according to the word of the Lord. And, Lord, we give you all the praise and glory. Thank you for what you're going to do in this place in the next few moments. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I mentioned to you last week that as we begin to observe and uh, look at the condition of our society, and as we begin to see the progression of its depravity, it's easy to see, it's easy to uh discern really even if you didn't have eyes to see it you could discern it it's easy to see that we're living in a generation that has been seduced and deceived by some evil spirits uh, both locally and globally we're living in a generation that's been deceived and the church in general this is our job the church in general has to be careful that we don't pretend like everything is going to be okay uh, because it's not it's not going to be okay if the church don't get involved. Nor should we just close our eyes and ignore those things that are not okay and somehow think that everything will, will be okay because it won't be okay. Uh, you, you can't just ignore the fact of the day that you're living in. You can't ignore the generation that you have been born into. And, and, and the fact that the church in America in particular, because this is where we live, I can't speak on behalf of the other churches around the world, but the church in America has to understand that in order for some things to turn, there has to be an emerging of God's people that knows how to stand in the midst of the depravity and learn how to leverage their faith against the prevailing powers that's causing the influence in our society. There has to be a church. There has to be a people. And what the buzzword that's in the body of Christ that's going on right now, there has to be a remnant that will begin to rise in the midst of the earth and begin to take the leverage of the Holy Spirit that we have been empowered with and push it back on the principalities and the powers and say back to them, as long as I'm here, you can't stay. 
as long as I've got breath in my body and a Bible in my hand, you cannot come up in my territory and act like we're just going to lay over and play dead. I'm going to find somebody to preach to in a minute. There has to be an emerging of the body of Christ that understands the day, that understands the time, and it understands their hour. There, there's something that needs to be said, and I, I'm just trying to work it out today. There's something that needs to be said and some things that need to be taught in our day that no matter how tough things seem to get, you need to know that God has always been able to deliver his people in tough times. It never, it never matters to God what the report looks like. It never, it never matters to God what the enemy has said or done. At the end of the day, if we will continue to leverage our faith, everything that the devil meant for harm, God can turn it around. God can put it back in the enemy's camp. And so we have to understand today, look at somebody and tell them, we got to have some gap fillers today. we got to have some people that know how to get into the gap. And we have to understand that in the midst of the generation in which we're living, and there's so much unrest and so much turmoil, and it's easy to predict the bad news. But you got to have people of faith that can stand in the middle of the bad and say, I see the Lord high and lifted up. There's got to be a people that can stand in the midst of everything that ain't right and know that God is still at work in the earth. One of the great tragedies that, I, that I'm beginning to work, I won't work this out in a minute, just let me get to where I'm going. One of the great tragedies that I believe that in our me-centered culture is that we only have faith for what we want. We, I, believe, I believe we have done the body of Christ a disservice by thinking that everything revolves around your blessing. Everything revolves about what you can get, what you can have, and how much you can have of it. And never, never knowing that God is not just about you, but God is about the generations. God is about what he wants to do in the earth. How many know that it's never really about your plan? It's about his plan, and you're on that side of it. And so one of the great tragedies to me, and I've, I've been studying this now for, for years in this particular vein, one of the great tragedies to our me-centered culture is that we only have faith for what we want, never understanding that we have the ability to have faith for entire cities to be touched by God. <laughs> we have the ability to believe God that entire cities can be turned upside down. We have enough Holy Ghost on the inside of us. Listen, I know some of y'all don't like Clouston. That's all right. You're still here. <laughs> I know some of us say, well, if I could just leave. Listen, I just, we just got back from Montana. Me and Karen and Chad and Rosa, we just got back from Montana. Thank you guys for sending us there. Oh, my Lord, what an amazing place. I told Karen, I said, if I'm going to move anywhere, I'm moving to Montana. I'm going to get up there in the mountains where I can feel God. And, and, but but, but I, I was just thinking about how, how all of these things, and, 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 and it would be easy to go somewhere where you didn't have no pressure. It could be easy to go somewhere where you didn't have to fight it out. And, and sometimes God puts us in places not so that we could benefit, but so that the kingdom could benefit. And, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed a little bit by the generation in which we li we're living in because if it ain't about me, then we don't want to get involved. If, if, it, if it don't involve my blessing, then we don't want to get attached to it. 
And that means, that means we're just serving God for what we can get. We're serving God for his hand and not his heart. And, and so, so, so without realizing that we have the capacity to see entire cities turned upside down for God's glory. Got three amens right there. See, that's where your faith is. There has to be a remnant that will rise that can believe God that entire cities can be turned upside down. I believe Clouston in the glades can be turned upside down. He said, if you will call unto me and get in the gap, I will turn it. And I believe that God is looking for a people, a remnant, a body, a church, a somebody that will understand the times in which we have been called to and say, God, if you did it once, you can do it again. I want to show you a couple scriptures here. I'm going to work you in the Bible just for a moment just to validate some of the things that I'm going through. Look with me in Acts chapter 8. Let me just work this out a minute, and then uh, we'll preach it like it needs to be preached. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. This is when the persecution broke out in the early church, the first century church. Persecution had broke out, and all the saints began to scatter out of Jerusalem. And in verse 4, we pick it up. In Acts chapter 8, verse, verse number 4, and therefore those who have been scattered went abroad preaching the word. Somebody shout the word. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he began proclaiming Christ to them. How many know that Jesus is the word? And the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed, verse number 8, so that there was much rejoicing in that city. Philip went to a city, and he began to preach the word. Signs and wonders broke out. Miracles began to take place. Healing began to flow. And the Bible says, and there was much rejoicing in that city. He was preaching the word. People began to get saved. People began to get healed. People began to get delivered. And there was great joy in the city. What would the Glades region look like if it broke out with some great joy? Huh? What would your house look like if you just had more joy than you did bad news? And Philip was preaching the word, and people were being touched. Listen, God does not expect our cities to be filled with fear. He doesn't expect our cities to live in lack. He doesn't expect our cities to have a spirit of heaviness, live in sin and have sickness. He can fill a city with great joy. Proverbs 11.10 says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. I believe God wants to touch our city. I believe God wants to heal our city. I believe God wants to heal people in our city. I believe he wants to redeem our land. So, so that's why the enemy is doing everything he knows to do. Now remember, he's had... Thousands of years of experience to work on the minds of God's people. 
The enemy doesn't know your future, but he knows your track record. And he keeps good score. And he, he can't tell you what you're going to do in your future, but he can always remind you of your past. And if you don't get past your past, your future will always be blocked. And sometimes we begin to start out and we begin to move towards the things of God. And if we're not careful, we let the enemy talk us out of what God wants to give us because of our past. Not only does the devil try to keep the church silent, because he knows that if the church gets loud, he's going to get defeated. <laughs> That's why, I, listen, I can't stand to come to church and act like I'm at a funeral. <laughs> I, listen, I don't want to sit beside nobody that ain't going to praise. I don't want to sit beside nobody that ain't going to worship. You just, you just bring me down. I, I don't, I, y'all say, well, what's that got to do with anything? I'm telling you, it's got to do with everything in your mind. Because when you come into the house of God, you ought to come up in here with a praise. The Bible says that God is known in Judah. Judah means praise. There ought to come a people that gather together to say, listen, we didn't come together because everything was perfect. We didn't come together because everything's going all right. We came together because we believe our God is great and he's greatly to be praised. In the midst of all the chaos and the confusion, God alone stands atop of everything. The Bible says that, that, that the scepter, Judah, the scepter will never depart from Judah. Scepter means the place of strength and authority. As long as Judah has praise, there's always going to be strength and authority that comes out of it. So, so, so the devil wants to silence the church. That's, don't, don't think it, listen, COVID-19 ain't silencing the church. It's the church responding to the dictates of unwarranted righteousness. COVID-19 can't silence the church. There's been diseases all throughout humankind. It's never been able to silence the church. But the moment the church begins to take sides with the current affairs of its day, then we begin to reduce the level of God's voice in the land. Now, now, let me just show you something. Look with me in Luke chapter 8. I'm just going to give you a few more scriptures here, and then we're going to work it out. Is this all right? Luke chapter 8. I just want you to know the devil is defeated. Uh, you, you have to know that. Sickness is defeated. Sin is defeated. COVID is defeated. <laughs> we, we, we got, we, we, it's the first time I flew since COVID-19 broke out and and. I, I, my wife had to just pray in tongues with me the whole way because I'm like, I'm like so aggravated. You're going to make me sit down with a mask, and, you're gonna, and you got all this intercom stuff going on about we believe in CDC rules, we believe in wearing a mask, we believe in social distancing, and you set me right beside everybody. Now, who's right? But the church will believe anything. And the church will give up freedom for security. And I'd take my mask, and Carrie said, you, got, you can't take your mask off. I said, listen, listen. <laughs> this is what I did. I, 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 I bought uh, a, a family pack of chocolate, what was it? It was M&M's, peanut butter M&M's, <laughs> family pack. They said you could keep your mask off as long as you was eating. <laughs> I did. 
the whole ride home. Let them say something. I'm eating. I did. did I, I ate them all the way I ate them all the way home. Felt good about it. It's amazing what the church will fall for when we have the word that's above every word. Oh. Somebody said, well, if you don't wear your mask, you're going to infect somebody. We'll say, you got a mask on, it ain't working. And I'm not making fun, and people that, that have you know, respiratory issues, they should be wearing a mask. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I was talking to Jeff, and I don't have a problem with wearing a mask. Just don't put fear on a mandate and try to keep me quiet in the midst of a pandemic. All right, y'all, let, let me go. Look at your name and say, the devil is defeated. Look with me in Luke chapter 8. Let me just work this out. Luke chapter 8, verse number 26. And then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is a, which is a, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a multiple city place. It's like 20 different cities in this area, which is opposite of Galilee. And when he came out unto the land, talking about Jesus, he met a man from the city who was possessed with demons, who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in a house but in the tombs. And Jesus, seeing Jesus, he cried out, and he fell before him, and he said in a loud voice, what business do we have with each other, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. Notice that when Jesus put foot in a territory, the demons came running to him and bowed at him. When Jesus got off the boat and put his foot in that territory, every demon in that territory recognized a greater authority has just shown up. And it says, and, and this man with these demons come running to him, and they fell at his feet with unconditional surrender. There's a guy by the name of... Uh, Donald Barnhouse, he said, in the time of Augustus, this is the time when Jesus was walking in the earth, a Roman legion counted for 6,100 foot soldiers and 726 horsemen. When Jesus asked the man, the demons, what is your name? They said legion. This, this, this man had 6,826 demons living on the inside of him. Just get the picture. When Jesus put his foot in the territory, 6,826 demons knew that there was a power in that territory greater than the power that they were operating from. I'm just trying to tell somebody, if you can get your foot on it, you have some authority over it. Yeah. And, and so, 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 so all of these imps, these demons, I'm trying to help some, I'm not preaching a message on demonology. I just want you to know you're, 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 you're battling against a demon, a spirit that's already been defeated. 
Look with me in Colossians. Let me just show you this real quick. Is this all right? Colossians chapter 2, verse number 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us of all of our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Verse number 15, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphant over them through him, through Jesus Christ. The enemy does not want you to know that he has already been defeated. The enemy has already been defeated. Sin, sickness, and disease has already been defeated. This is why the church can't be quiet. Because we have the answer to humanity. Now, let me show you one more, one more scripture here. Let me go all the way back to the book of Revelation. Revelation will be your last book in the Bible for those that are watching it on screen. Revelation chapter 20. Verse number 13. You know what, guys? I think I gave you 20, verse number 1. Let me go there first. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. And he bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and he shut it. And he sealed it over him so that no one would be deceived, so that, so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until a thousand years were completed. And all these things must be released for a short time. Here's what I'm trying to say. Notice we have a no-name angel that just showed up. If they didn't put his name on it, that means he had not much ranking. A lower-ranking angel shows up to bind up the devil. He, he puts the enemy in a spiritual headlock, throws some chains on him, puts him into the abyss, and bounds him up for a thousand years. A no-name angel. An angel that has no name attached to it. You and I have been bought with a blood. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. He knows every hair on your head. He calls you by name. There's nothing about you that he don't know. And if you think that God's going to give one angel who has no rank, no ranking authority over anything to bind up the devil who's been tormenting your life, don't you think there's enough power on the inside of you to overthrow the powers of hell? There's enough power on the inside of the church to bind the powers of hell and not allow them to continue to operate unhindered, unchecked. Oh, Lord, I'm trying to get to where I'm going. We have to be careful that, that in our day, the Word of God does not become rare. That's what happened in the days of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, that the Word of God was rare, and there was no vision. 
No ongoing divine communication. There was no divine oracle because the word of God had become rare. There was no ongoing word in the land. There was no prophetic communication in the land. Amos 8.11 says, Behold, the days are coming when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the word of God. There's a famine in our land, and it's not of bread. It's not of water. It's the lack of hearing the word of God. We have churches that are trying to operate without the word of God. You can't, oh, when Jesus put his foot down in that territory, every demon in that territory recognized that the word just showed up in the land. The word just came into the land, and our word has no power against his word. Oh, Lord, help me, Holy Ghost. It's not, this will be on the screen, it's not the will of God for the move of God to be rare. It's not the will of God for the move of God to be rare. When there's an absence of a move of God, we spend our time entertaining bored Christians who don't have enough fight for anything, who don't want to do anything for God. They just want to come to church and punch in their religious clock and then go back home and get beat up by the devil. But there's a generation that's rising. Yes, there is. There's a generation that's emerging. Don't you ever think for a moment that it's the will of God for our children to be raised in a territory filled with violence. It's not the will of God for our children to be raised in a territory where there's lack and not enough and struggle and limitation. That's never the will of God. While we've been absent in getting in the gap, the enemy moved in. The enemy filled the gap. Now we have to evict him out of the gap. The enemy moved in and he set up strongholds. But whenever we move in, we say back to the devil, you got to go. You got to go. When was the last time you fought for things that God promised you as an inheritance over your own house? Believe in God. I'm not talking about things. I'm talking about believing your legacy. Believe in God for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. It's time to put Jesus back into our city. If the world can have its agenda and stand up and say what they want to say, I believe the church can stand up and say what it needs to say. If we got our politicians and governments that can stand up on stage and keep lying to us, we can stand up on our stage and keep declaring God's truth. In the Old Testament, people were not promised heaven. They were promised land. The, the inheritance of the Old Testament saints was they would be given the land. They would conquer the land. They would overthrow the land. Many people have been taught that's the only reason why they serve God is to get to heaven. The promise of serving God was not heaven. The promise of serving God is that you would possess the land. Woo! That's why we need a church to come alive Right here in Sugartown, right here on the southwest corner of Lake Okeechobee, we need a church that doesn't fit the norm. We need a church that doesn't conform to the normal of society. We need, we need a church. Listen, we need some vibrant people to come alive in Christ so that whenever we gather, we shake the powers of hell. When we begin to roar with our praise, when we roar with our prayers, when we roar with our convictions, we shake the powers of hell. Hell takes notice of the people of God. 
Hell takes notice of people who have a word and not a news agency's word. God's calling his people to a place where the powers of God can be once again seen and heard of. When you serve God, God plants you in a land. That's why some of y'all said it a while ago. Some of you said, well, I don't even like close. Well, you here, baby. You might as well do something while you're here. If you want to get promoted, become overqualified for where you're at. God plants people in the land so they can dwell in the land and inherit the land. Psalms 37 says, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. It's hard to have a revival in a generation when we keep surrendering territory to the devil. That's like Cluston playing a ball Friday night football game and winning on the scoreboard, and at the end of the game, said, we're just going to fork, we're going to let y'all win. We already beat you for four quarters. Scoreboard is proof. But we're going to forfeit it just so y'all can have a win. That's what the church does to the devil. He's already been defeated. <laughs> but when we surrender our right to take territory, we just say to the devil, go ahead. We're just going to forfeit. We're going to let you have it. There was a, um, history has it recorded that upon landing in Spain, in the 8th century, they came over by boat. The Arabic military commander, Tariq, his men were vastly outnumbered. Realizing this, he did something counterintuitive. He ordered all his troops that whenever they land on the coast to burn their boats as an act that would incinerate their only insurance policy to escape. Gathering his men together, he told them, Beyond you or behind you is the sea. What's in front of you is an enemy. And you are vastly outnumbered. All you have left is a sword and courage. There's no more options left. You have to throw everything into the fight. I'm trying to tell the 21st century church in America, we have no more options left. All we have is a sword, the word of God, and a little bit of courage in our spirit that says we can overcome by the power and the authority of our Christ. And all we have left is to throw everything into the fight. This ain't time to back out. This ain't time to get wishy-washy. Your children are at stake. Your grandchildren are at stake. Your freedom is at stake. We need a people who understand, I'm going to throw everything into the fight. Come hell or high water, I'm going down with a fight. Push on somebody and tell them you got to get in the gap. You got to get in the gap. The Bible says, therefore, take up the armor of God. After you've done everything you know to do, just stand. What you doing? I'm just standing. I'm standing in my position. I'm standing in my authority. I'm standing in my place that God has called me to do. I've got some scars on me because I've been in a fight. You don't know how good you are until you survive something. You don't know what you can outlast until you've been through something. 
That's why when people say, I'm just, I, I, you know, I, just, I, I want more faith. Well, then you ought, to, you ought to go through a little bit more battle time. God's calling for a church. I'm going to preach in a minute. God's calling for a church. And he gives us doctrine. He gives us the word. He gives us the word of God so that we can be different and we can be distinct. This will be on the screen for you. The church has to be careful that we don't get caught up trying to redefine everything rather than enforcing what we already know. You don't redefine the word to fit your circumstances. You make your circumstances redefine itself and fit the word. We don't bring our level of experience and bring the word down to our level of experience. We bring our experience up to the expectation of God's word. What separates the church from the world should be the way we believe, should be our belief system. Just to let you know, the pandemic, the, the unrest, the depravity in our nation, people still going about their daily lives. The church ain't no more full today than it was in 2019. In fact, it's less full. 20 to 25 percent of the people will not even return to church. Because once you get separated and isolated, the devil just beats you up like crazy. And, and without a revival, there will be no coming back to church. If you're a believer or if your belief systems and your values are not any different than that of the world, then your ability to influence and inherit gets forfeited. Well, we got to have a people that understands I live by the word of God. I live by the oracles spoken of the word of God. If you don't know your Bible, if you're not reading your Bible every day, you don't plan on victory. You don't plan on overcoming. You plan on struggling. You plan on surviving. Not me, baby. I plan on overcoming. The greater one lives on the inside of me. And sometimes if we don't understand the role of the church in the midst of society, you have to understand that the church is the conscience of society. When the church no longer has any zeal, passion, fire, neither will society. When the church loses interest, Society will never have an interest. So we have to be careful. Sometimes it's the intensity of our enemy that tells us what our reputation is like in hell. That will be on the screen for you. It should be up there on the screen for you. When you see an overboard of the enemy's reaction in your life, you have to know that it's more than just a threat to culture. It's a threat to his kingdom. The only reason why the battles in your life have, has escalated is because the enemy has taken notice of your Christ-likeness. I'm preaching better than you shouting right there. 
If you're going through some battle right now, you ought to just rejoice in the middle of it because the enemy has taken notice that there's some Christ-likeness inside of you. And if he, if he doesn't silence you now, he'll never silence you. A.W. Tozer, this will be on the screen as well. He said, Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance of God's word. It's one of Satan's greatest weapons. You can't influence society with cosmetic Christianity. Come on, y'all heard me say this last week or whenever I said, you can't influence society with Barney Five preachers, Pee Wee Herman pastors. Cotton candy churches that just gather to reiterate the dominant belief system of the day that they're living in. Rather than confronting the belief system of the day that they're living in, say that we can have something better if we'll just press beyond where we're at right now. Push on somebody and tell them we need some people to get in the gap. So that's what God does. I'm about to preach now. Now that we got to quit. So what God does is he raises up churches, people with a revelation that can stand in the territory and begin to defy the powers of hell and let the powers of hell know struggle don't live here. Racism don't live here. COVID doesn't live here. Unrest doesn't live here. Come on, talk to me in here, somebody. Sooner or later, we got to take our place in the realm of authority in which we have been given and say back to the enemy, this is not the hour to be passive. This is not the hour to lay back and just say, well, if it's going to be all right, you know, God is sovereign and God's going to make it all work out just the way he wants to. God always wins. Listen, God only wins when we get involved. God, God only shows up when he has people to flow through. You say, well, I, I, I've heard people say this. It just on, on every area of your life, say, well, it don't matter. God's in control. God is rarely in control. He is rarely in control. It's not that he can't be in control, but he has subjected himself to the authority of mankind. He said, I'm going to give you authority, Adam, and you go and take dominion over the earth, and I'm going to operate through you. He told Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot treads, that's what I'll give you. In other words, you got to get your foot there. you got to get your body there. you got to get your mouth there. you got to get your actions there, and I'll move through you. That's why we got to have people that understand the day, the hour. The time is critical for the church to get in the gap. Your children are being trained and taught by socialist and communistic professors with atheistic ideas. And we just send them like a lamb to the slaughter. And we don't even care as long as it's free. Ladies and gentlemen, everything is at stake right now. And you don't have time to be asleep. Push on somebody and tell them, get in the gap, get in the gap, get in the gap. I'm going to preach in a minute. I'm about to get there. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, you have to get in the gap, Ezekiel, because, and, and here's my, here's my interpretation. When you get in the gap, Ezekiel, you don't, you don't have to worry about being sensitive. If you get in the gap, Ezekiel, don't worry about being politically correct. I already told you that what distinguishes us from the secular society is the Word of God. The Word of God is not politically correct. The Word of God is not sensitive to what you're going through. He said, you got to get in the gap. And you can't, you can't be sensitive, and, and not, in, not, not, not in a negative way, but you just can't be overly sensitive that you're scared to do anything. 
You can't be politically correct. Because there's the enemies that's trying to silence the church. That's trying to re reduce the voice of God in the land. This will be on the screen. Our silence becomes a victory for the enemy. In our text, the Bible says that Ezekiel began to list four different people that he'd been the, he, he was calling out to get in the gap. Four different types of people. He said the priests, the princes, the prophets, and the people. He said the priests have done violence to his law. This, this really began to intrigue me because the princes, the governors destroyed lives for dishonest gain. The prophets were saying things that God did not say, and the people were practicing injustices over the land. God said to them, you are a land that is not cleansed. The corruption was so widespread and deep that the entire land had become defiled. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to preach this hard. You know it. Our land has become defiled. We, we, we put more emphasis on entertainment, sports, Hollywood. Part of God's purpose and its coming judgment was to spiritually and morally cleanse the land. He said, you're, you're, a, land that has, you're, you're a land that hasn't been rained on. In the Old Testament, rain symbolized the material blessings of God. Because it was an agrarian society. They didn't have wells like we got today. They didn't have canals and water systems like we got today. They didn't have pumps. <laughs> they had pimps. <laughs> they had pimp prophets and preachers. Using sordid game for their own good. And here's the thing. He said, I look for, I look for the priest. I look for the prophets. I looked for the authorities, the governors, the princes, and I even looked for the people and found nobody. Here's the thing. The prophets were prophesying stuff that was not true. And it was the role of the priest who had the office of the priesthood. They should have been the ones correcting the prophets. But the priests were just as corrupt as the prophets. And so the land had become defiled. I'm just trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that you hear about just bless me and have me have this all this overcoming stuff, it's not real. It, give me a hundred dollars and I'll give you a prophetic word. It's not real. Stand over here in this line. I got a five thousand dollar word. Stand over here in this line, I'll give you a ten thousand dollar word. Listen, if y'all want to play that game, I'll do that. I got a word for $5,000, and I'll give you a word for $10,000. It's a game. And the church has bought into it. Hook, line, and sinker. And God looked at the land and said, everybody is defiled. Everything is defiled. And I need somebody to get in the gap. I need somebody to stand between the judgment of God and the mercies of God to a dying world, a world that has fallen and has lost its place. When you can take in America the freest nation in the world that has more gospel than any other nation on the planet and still call murdering babies pro-choice and make like it's okay. 60 million babies have been slaughtered at the name of convenience and you say that God is just not going to look at that. The blood of those babies are crying out from the earth. They're crying out in due. They're crying out and they're crying out for repentance. They're crying out for an emergence of God's church to rise up and silence the voice of Jezebel. 
looking for a church. He's looking for a people. He's looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. He's looking for preachers that will call sin, sin. Call false prophets out and say, you're wrong. It's not what God has said. We got people in the body of Christ that just chase meetings. Chase celebrity preachers and pastors. Just go into a Holy Ghost feel-good meeting and come back to their city and have no authority. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in the river. I'm just flowing. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're just out of touch. I'm just trying to say to us, ladies and gentlemen, that's not what the Word of God does. The Word of God comes to empower people to take, the, take authority in the land and to let every prevailing spirit know. That's what, listen, I, we've been saying this since all this stuff, and I'm just using COVID as an example. There's thousands of other examples. We stand for people. There's people in, our, in this room right here. who uh, uh, Josh's dad is in, laying in the hospital right now, had, having open-heart surgery and things and all kinds of complications. We've been praying for him for the last 24 hours around the clock. We ain't giving up on nothing just because we got a bad report. There's people in this room who's been standing in the gap for the last 24 hours and pleading the blood, calling life back into Daryl Moore. We got people that know how to fight. We got people that know how to stand. This ain't no game to us. This ain't no gimmick to us. This is real life stuff. You, 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 you call in, you get a hold of some of these ladies and men, whoever's all on the prayer chain. I don't even know who's all on the prayer chain. And you, you give them a circumstance, my God, they're going to storm the gates of hell. They're going to bind the powers of hell. And you just watch the mercies of God work. You just watch the revelation of God begin to take place over people's lives. We've had people in this room that had to, had to battle cancer. Battle all kinds. Michael Sparks had to battle cancer. Jeff Davis had to battle cancer. The doctors wrote them off, but look at them. They're standing in church today. They're standing here today, and they're learning how to give God a better praise. You know, this ain't no game to us. We are in real life issues. COVID 19 hits. That's why we've been declaring ever since it hit, we're COVID free doesn't mean that you might not get it. We're just saying you ain't going to die. <laughs> I've had it. Jesse's had it. There's several other people that had it. Karen's had it. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Y'all didn't know that, did you? We had it. It's real. But so is the blood. I know people look at me. I, I get I get hit on Twitter. I get I get I get the little comment, the little smirk comments when I post something. It's all right. My battle's not with you. It's the spirit that's in you. So so we've been saying since day one, since day one, COVID nineteen pandemic shut down. We've been saying we're COVID free. We're COVID free. This environment's COVID free. You walk up in here, coughing, we believe you're going to get a chokehold on you. A spiritual chokehold. <laughs> Listen, we don't have low-ranking angels around here. We got angels by name. <laughs> Gabriel, <laughs> Michael, the warring angel, show up in here. 
just trying to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we're living in a day where we're fighting 21st century devils and you can't be scared. You can't live in fear. You'll stay quarantined spiritually for the, all the days of your life and they'll keep telling you to wear a mask. I'm not talking about a natural, I'm talking about a spiritual mask. And the devil will keep you hushed, he'll keep you quiet. And you'll start believing the reports of society versus the reports of the Lord. He said, I look for somebody to stand in the gap because I believe God wants to have an awakening. I believe there's some spiritual awakenings that need to take place. He wants our cities to experience his power. But at the same time, he's got to have somebody who knows how to get in the gap. He's got to have somebody. I believe God wants to heal our land. I don't believe America's done. If you study the histories of revivals all throughout the world, every revival came at, its, at the lowest point of morality and depravity in history. Revivals always showed up when it was the last thing left to do. I believe America is hinging. We're about at the last thing. We have pushed God out and we have laughed about it. We have made a mockery of the very God that we serve and the church has been silent. And now we're in a political season. Everybody wants to make it a Democrat issue, a Republican issue. Listen, it, it, the, it, it, it's the culture. It's the culture that's bad. Because men love darkness more than they love light. So the culture has produced what we have in the political arena. That's why we've got to have people in every sphere. We got to have people that love God, fight for God, not ashamed of it. I said all that to say this. I'm, I'm going to close. Pastor Porter, you guys can come on. Let me just close because I know it's late. If the church ever forgets that we are the agent of God, sent here to conduct the affairs of heaven's will, we will lose and surrender territory. Every time opposing forces rise up. Any place that we occupy, the devil cannot. We said it, cannot do it in our house. As long as we're in agreement, ain't no devil going to come up in our house. We've learned how to fight for our kids. Now we're learning how to fight for our grandkids. My grandkids ain't under my covering, but they under my prayers. And I'm learning a whole nother level of warfare. Somebody's got, God don't, ha, God, listen, God don't have spiritual grandchildren. He has sons and daughters. You drop the ball on this. Your kids will grow up in an atheistic, communistic country that we once called America. Whatever you surrender to, you take God out of, and something else will fill it. We're seeing that in our land today. We took God out of our schools. Secularism has fed into it. We've taken God out of our families. Now entertainment, secularism has fed into it. We've taken God out of our money, now money has become an idol. 
We removed God. And anything that you remove God from, something else will fill it. You take God out of your family, something else is going to fill it. And then you battle spirits that you have authority over, but you never recognize the authority that you have. And you keep giving in. There's a new anointing, I believe, emerging in the body of Christ. And I know I'm preaching to the choir to many of you. I know that. But you have to understand, this isn't my only audience anymore. There's hundreds of people on Facebook that are watching us. I don't know how many are listening to us on the radio. They only get about 10 minutes of it. This ain't my only audience. But more importantly, I'm not even speaking to people. My preaching affects people, but I'm preaching to powers. I'm preaching to demonic influences. And I'm just letting them know you have a fight on your hand when you come into this territory. I don't believe I'm alone. I don't believe I'm by myself. I believe there's enough people in this room that can hear what I'm saying by the Spirit that says we're going to take the territory. We're going to overthrow the powers of hell. We're going to see Jezebel uprooted. We're going to see the kingdom of God come alive in men's hearts, come alive in society. Come on, get on your feet and give God a praise. Come on, just begin to magnify. Come on, lift your voice like a trumpet and say, God, I'm one of those. I'm a part of the elect. I'm a part of the chosen. I'm a part of the remnant. I'm a part the move of God in this generation. I'm a part, I'm a part. We're not, this, this works in your home like it does for me anywhere. We're not coming in here. I'm not going anywhere and asking the devil to leave. I'm coming in here telling him he has to go. I'm not asking the devil anything. You, you know, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 14, I believe it starts somewhere 15, verse 15 and 16. He said, He said, the people are going to be amazed when they see the devil. That's right. They're going to say, This is the one that overthrew cities. This is the one that kept us bound in fear. When you see the devil and you compare him to the Christ that's in you, you're going to be perplexed. You're going to be amazed that you let something like that overthrow something like this. He said you're going to be amazed. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, we got to have a church on fire. Yes. We got to have a church that's going for the things of God. And, and, and I know not everybody's going to get lit the same way. Not everybody's going to catch fire the same way. I get all that. That ain't what I'm talking about. But as long as you're burning, you got the potential to sink, to push yeah. that fire off on somebody else. I was in the fire service long enough that I was served on the fire department for 14 or 15 years. Uh, Mike Pittman's back there. He's still on the fire department. You, you don't even have nothing. You don't have to have anything in the fire. You get fire 
in proximity to something else, the heat of that fire will jump on something else and burn it up. You ain't got to feed it. Just let that fire get hot. It'll jump from one house to another house. Just because of the sheer heat. Woo, what would a church look like if we just had some heat in it? If we just had some fire in it? People coming up in here don't know what they're going to serve God, don't know what they're going to do, lost in sin, all kinds of things. Just, just, just come up in here on my row, baby. Just get right here on my row. I'll show you how to praise. I'll show you how to get ignited. I'll show you how to let the flame. I know some of the people just think, well, that's just so elementary. No, it's so, it's so monumental because the enemy has done a good job at keeping the church quiet. Because we got an old English model. When you went to school, they taught you, they said, you go to school, you sit there, and you be quiet so you can learn something. We bring that model into the church. You sit there, and you be quiet so you can learn something. That's the world model. In the kingdom, you learn by participating. That's why you got to throw an amen in there every now and then. That's why you got to stretch out every now and then. That's why you got to get up and shake some things every now and then because you are letting the powers of hell know coming up in here. I believe there's families under torment. I'm just going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to release the power of God. There's families that are being tormented right now that are being vexed by demonic spirits. Your mind is about to be blown. Your mind is just being harassed by demonic lies. You have watched so much of the news media that you have believed every report that's coming from the false prophets of our day and your mind is literally about to explode. But we're going to pray right here. Come on, we need a prayer meeting. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come against every lie. Come on, you can come on. I come against every attack. I come against now in the name of Jesus. If you want to come to the altar, you can, but we just want to pray. I bind the powers of hell. I bind the attacks of the enemy. I, I, I take your mind. Arrest. I arrest it. Come here. Come here. Come here. Pam, come on. In the name. Come on, baby. In the name of Jesus, I release your mind. I release your mind. In the name of Jesus, loose them. Loose them. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go. In the name of Jesus. Stop until in the name of Jesus. Come on, say powers of hell. That 
and call your dad out right here. You're standing in proxy for your dad. We're going to believe God for a supernatural miracle. Without a miracle, nothing's going to happen that's going to be good. But we believe the power of God can move. So we're going to call your dad out by name as a corporate body of believers, and we're going to shift the powers of hell over his life. We're going to shift it in Jesus' name. I know, I know Amber and Cheryl, that Cheryl's daughter, uh, Jordan, is, is got all kind of stomach issues and things that are going on. It's just not good. She's in the hospital. We're just going to shift the powers of hell. Yes. Call healing in her body. I know a couple people that's been diagnosed with COVID. They got respiratory issues. I'm just going to speak life over them. Just shift the powers of hell. Just shift the powers of hell. When we get through praying for that, then we're going to pray for one more thing because we're going to believe God for radical sons and daughters to get saved. I know this is going to sound really crazy to you, some of you. But there's about to be a movement in the gay community. The gay community is about to experience a move of God. Where the devil has blinded the eyes of our kids with false identity. There's about to be a move of God that's coming into the gay community. And they're going to stand and they're going to prophesy the word of the Lord. They're going to stand in the place of the offices. And they're going to declare. And I know there are people in here who have loved ones that are trapped in that community and I just want you to know we're going to shift the powers of hell we're going to shift the powers of hell you say well it's gay it's being gay a sin yes it is yes it is All, all sin is bound up in false identity and when you believe the report of the enemy over your life you have bought into a lie that's why we have to shift it we'll shift it And I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of God. I feel God wants to move mightily with miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe he wants to release great joy in the city. The last prayer, that's about three or four, the last one. The last one, there are prodigal sons and daughters. Some of us in here got prodigal sons and daughters and grandchildren that are wayward, separated, estranged from the love of God. We're going to shift the powers of hell. Can we do that? Yes. You say, well, what is it? What is, I, I got more messages to preach on this, but I just didn't get there. What does it mean to get in the gap? It means you open up your mouth and you pray like this is the right. last chance on this yeah. earth. You get a chance to pray. That's how you get in the gap. I don't know where the body of Christ is in America anymore, but when was the last time you prayed until you thought your guts were going to come out of your mouth? because you were so much groaning in the spirit because you so desperately needed to see God when was the last time we seen the body of Christ just come to an altar fall at an altar cry out to God I know we're too busy we got too much going on but ladies and gentlemen there's a remnant that's rising that says we will contend for a move of God with every ounce of energy we got so let's pray
Let's pray. This is one thing. If you want to come to the altar and help us pray, you can. doesn't mean that you got anything. It just means that we're just praying. I don't want to restrict anybody from praying in, in any way. Some of you may have to walk around. Some of you may have to move around. Yeah. Some of you, you just need to shift positions because you're cold and isolated where you're at right there. We just got to shift some things around. But, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I call out Daryl Moore. I call him out by name. I speak over his body. I speak over his heart. I speak over the issues of that are prevailing against him. In the name of Jesus, God, I call for a supernatural touch. God, I call for the powers of hell to loose him and let him go. And let the healing power, let the healing power of God move over his body. Raise him up as a testimony. Raise him up for your glory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I call out Jordan, raise her up, raise her up. Jordan Price, hear the word of the Lord, be raised. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you will not live in sickness, you will not live in disease, you will not live in limitations. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we shift the powers of hell. We break the strongholds of hell. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God. God, I break the power of COVID-19. I break the virus off of people's lives. I break its grip. I break its power. In the name of Jesus. We call them out. We call them out. We call them out. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Release. Let the power of God. Let the power of God. Let the power of God. Bring healing. I speak to the gay community. I speak to your anger. I speak to your division. I speak to your disillusion. We say we love you. We say Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. We call you out of deception. We call you out of being deceived. We call you back into your right identity. In the name of Jesus, we shift the powers of hell. Let the church rise. Let the church rise. We're getting in the gap. We're, you want to know what spiritual warfare is? This is spiritual warfare. We're standing between the will of God and the fallen of humanity. And we declare, let God arise. Let God arise. Yay. Every son, every daughter, every backslidden child, in the name of Jesus, I call you out of the pig pen. I call you out of the miry clay of life. And I call you back to the Father's house. I call you back to the house of provision. I call you back to the house of restoration. I call you back to the house of authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We speak life to every prodigal son. We speak life to every prodigal daughter. 
my kids will be saved. My grandchildren will be saved. As for me and my house, they shall be saved. Get in the gap. I'm getting in the gap. I'm standing in the gap. Yeah. Hey, uh. Come on, I hear that roar. I hear it. I hear that roar. That's the roar of intercession. That's the roar of life. That's the roar of grace. That's the roar of provision. That's the roar of the blood of the Lamb. That's the roar of Judah. gonna be like this and always gonna be like this you're not gonna live in disappointment all the days of your life you're not gonna live in regret all the days of your life there's a fresh anointing that's coming over your life sweetheart you're not always gonna live like you don't ever measure up like you don't ever can ever succeed in certain areas of your life the anointing of God is coming to your house like it's never come to anybody's house and it's raising you up it's raising you up and I prophesy over your life that the day will come and you will even rejoice over the baby that you carry now. You don't understand it now and you don't even have reasons to give for it right now. But God said, I will take what the devil meant for harm and I will turn it around. I will turn it around and I will bring some good out of it. You won't always live like this. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This ain't no game. This ain't a religious calisthenic. This is people getting in the gap for a land that's under depravity, sickness, and disease. I was getting ready to come over here. I left my office. About quarter till I've been in my office. Really, not not to make anything look at me, but I I got up at 4:15. I couldn't sleep. I felt the wrestling of God in my spirit. Tried to shake it off and went to Walmart. Went to Walmart at five o'clock in the morning. The door was unlocked. I just walked in like I I ain't been to Walmart since COVID hit, so I don't know anything. I don't know any rules. Didn't have a mask. Walked in at five o'clock. In there trying to get some printer ink. 
trying to get some printing because I got to print my notes out. Walking out, manager comes around to me, sir, you ain't allowed to be in here. I said, the door's open. He said, we don't open until 7. I said, that ain't my fault. I said, I got had this ink. I got to print my notes out. He said, you can't do it. I can't let you pay for it. I said, I'll give you cash, credit, whatever you want. He said, I can't let you do it. It's against store policy. We don't open until 7. So I walked out of there, rejected. I was walking back to my truck. I felt the Spirit of God. I felt something rise on me. I don't know how many of you remember, but at the beginning of the year, my January message was, it's our comeback time. Yes. Well, if it's going to come back, it can start any day. I've gone this whole year saying, God, I missed it. I must have missed it. But the closer we get to December, the more power of the emerging church begins to rise. Yes. And I, I just began to pray in my truck, going back to the house, and something came over about souls. God wants to save souls. I'm in my office. I'm about to leave my office. I come over here, and Shannon Johnson sends me a message. And I don't, I don't hardly ever get on my phone before church. It just it can be too much discouragement. But I looked it up because I thought maybe it might have been something going on. And I, and I don't think Shannon has my phone number, so she sent it to me, a messenger. I looked up, and there's a guy by the name. His last name's Christmas. That's all I know. He's prophesying. I heard him at the, the call or whatever they did in Washington. The return. I heard him prophesying at the return. I heard this message. I had to listen to it. Then I got intrigued by it. I couldn't let it go. So it's a 10 or 15 minute prophecy. I listened to it all the way. I just couldn't get it. One of the things he began to prophesy, he said in 2020, he was prophesying this in 2019, but he said in 2020, there's about to be the greatest harvest and the greatest comeback that the church has ever seen. And souls are about to be ushered into the kingdom of God. We think it's just a political year. I'm telling you, it's, it's a supernatural year. It's a yes. supernatural year. And I believe people are about to flood the altars of Jesus Christ. Yes. I'm not talking about religious, fake, and phony people. I'm talking about people who have a genuine passion and they're thanking God every day of their life that they have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and their heart is turned over to Jesus. And they're serving God with every ounce of energy. They're not playing church. They're not going to dip in and out. They're not going to put sports above church. They're not going to put their family above church. They're not going to put entertainment above church. They're not going to put their business above church. They're not going to put their money above church. But they're going to put God as the supreme being over all. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. Yes. We are standing at the threshing floor of probably one of the greatest turnaround seasons that the body of Christ will ever experience. That's why Ezekiel was crying out in his day in the midst of a bloody Jerusalem. Social injustice and idolatry was at its highest. He said, but God can just, if somebody will stand in the gap, God will heal the land. 
Somebody will stand in the gap. God will fix the land. It's got to be our prayer. Father, let's just pray this prayer. Father, we pray. You got loved ones in your family. You got people that you work with. God, we pray for their soul today. The highest order of the kingdom of God is souls being saved. God, our schools need to be saved. Our families need to be saved. God, there has to be such a moving of the Spirit that overrides the voices of the false prophets. There has to be the dismantling of false prophets in our ears so that we can hear the true word of God so that souls can be born again into the kingdom of God. Just take about 10 or 15 seconds and call those names out. You know who they are. You just say, God, I thank you for saving this, this, and this. Just begin to call them out by name. Just say, God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that there's going to be a resting of the Holy Ghost in this season, in this season. 2020 is going to be a, a monumental year where families begin to turn their hearts back to God. Save them, God. Save them for your glory. God, we stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We stand in the gap. We stand between heaven and hell. We stand in the gap. We stand for those ones that we know. We stand for those ones that we love. God, we, we pray a hedge of protection around them. We put the blood around them in the name of Jesus. Lord, don't let them go to hell. Don't let them slip off into eternity without a relationship with you. Stand in the gap. Woo, we stand in the gap. We stand. We stand in the gap. Until there's a movement in the restoration of all things. And Lord, we give you honor and we give you praise for it. We thank you for it now. Woo, in Jesus' name. How many feel that right there? How many can just feel the Holy Ghost right there? I'm telling you. It's just going to increase. The things of God are just going to get heavier, weightier. The glory is going to increase. When we break huddle in here today and we go to our respective places, we're about to turn the city into a revival center. We're about to turn this city into a place where the whole city rejoices. There was great joy in the city. Wouldn't it be awesome if the, I know we're known as America's sweetest town, and I appreciate that, and I love it, and I thank God for that. I'm not even against none of that. But what would happen if all of a sudden the news, rating, news ratings begin to pick it up and say, you know what, there's so much joy in that city. There's so much joy in that city. We know it's America's sweetest town, but, boy, there's some joy in that city. There's families that are happy. There, I know, I know y'all think I'm sounding crazy and I'm just rambling. I'm not rambling. I'm under the anointing right now. I'm telling you, there can be so much power in the church that doctors don't even have the ability to prescribe the medicine because people are being free. People are being free, set free. power of God. You say it won't happen in our day. I'm telling you, it can. Because we're getting in the gap. 
In Jesus' name. Father, thank you today for your people. Come on, Pastor Corey. I know you got to close us out. Look at somebody next to you and say, I'm going to stand in the gap with you. Come on, just tell them I'm going to stand in the gap with you. No, you're saying it way too quietly. Tell them, come hell or high water. I'm in the gap with you. I don't care what it looks like. Come on, tell us. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how bad it's been. You can, it's Toy Story. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. I don't say that, I'm telling you. I told you already, when this church buckles down, there's some people in this church, when they start praying, there's people in this church that believe God for things that are so off the radar. That's, that's who we are. We're the church of Jesus Christ. Yes. That's why we're standing.